an ex-traffic patrol officer with a cult following known as the Church of the Last Testament, was arrested in his settlement in Siberia at dawn on September 21st, 2020. His followers call him Vissarian, meaning he who gives new life. And many, but not all of them, believe him when he claims to be Jesus Christ reborn. Wow. I'm really excited to hear about this one because, mm-hmm. one, one of our followers, Stacy, she sent us a message, and this is what she said. Hey, I have a story idea about a cult leader in Russia who was recently arrested. And then she said the name of the cult is Church of the Last Testament. Dude claims he is the reincarnation of Jesus. Shake my head. And I was like, yes, we are doing that. <laughs> yep. It's a doozy. It's something. Yeah. And she was so kind. She was like, stay well and happy was how she said goodbye. And I thought that was just yeah. the fucking sweetest. So, Stacy, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Thank you and for thank your you re- for the recommend. Yes. Thank you for the recommend. And I'm so excited for Jada to dive into this one. This is going to be good. Yeah. So I've got a question. If you were Jesus and you had died and gone back to heaven and all of that, would you ever come back here? <laughs> like ever? Because <laughs> I don't think I would. To earth? Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I, no. The- it makes no sense no i mean like i mean i wouldn't have come the first time you know you know what i mean so like no i would not (laughs) what about you (laughs) i mean i'm i don't know if two thousand years is long enough for a scar that goes through your hand to heal but i would look at that every day and think i'm not going back there (laughs) right so, yeah. it's just me. No, thank you. The last time I was there, they fucking crucified me. Right. And I have so many ideas and issues with the idea of a god. More mm-hmm. and more, the older I get, and the further away from organized religion that I get. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend who I'm friends with on Instagram. We've connected a few times and she's a Muslim, which I really don't care what religion people are. Um, but yesterday she posted, she was having a really hard time. She was really struggling and she was reminding herself that Allah, which is God, which if you know anything about Religions that formed from the Middle East area, Judaism, Christianity, Abrahamic, Abrahamic. Yes, that's the word. All of those that they're all, they all serve the same God. So Allah is God is God is Allah. So when so she was saying that Allah will not give someone more than they can handle. Mm-hmm. And. I wanted to cry for her because I feel like that thinking is 
so problematic Mm. to our mental health and to us, to other people being held fucking responsible for their actions. Yeah. And I, you know, that's her religion. That's her belief. That's fine. It just made me frustrated because I'm sick of seeing Christians and other people in Abrahamic, you know, religions that say that, like, no, that is sadistic, (laughs) you know, like, oh, God wants your child to die. It's just testing your faith. What? Mm hmm what (laughs) i just i can't i can't even handle it so i have a lot of problems with christianity and funny enough my cult that i'm doing next is on biblicist christianity which is like people who follow the bible to a t so i've been doing a lot of research on that and it's been making everything everything like stoning yes oh my god they don't stone people but they believe they believe every word is the inspired word of god including paul's misogynistic bullshit oh yeah gotta love that especially paul's misogynistic bullshit yeah i found there's a lot of um modern pieces of shit like to grab onto that yep anything to give white men with tiny penises a lot of control that's it well you know everybody could have a tiny penis but white people got a special way of swinging it around jada have you ever had sex with a guy with a micro penis um (laughs) have you i have it was unfortunate (laughs) sorry it was very unfortunate. That is all. <laughs> yeah. uh, man, the level of pretending was just outrageous. Mm. I never went back there. So if that's any <laughs> consolation. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, I'm busy. Can't come I over. Uh, he wasn't white, though. He was Dominican. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, anybody can have a tiny penis. I guess. <laughs> well, let's get into this cult. I'm interested. Okay, so I'm Jada Smith. And I'm Alicia Galati, and this is Two Sisters and a Cult. Podcast <laughs> for your earballs. Prepare. Roll them up. The ball. Yeah, roll them up. I loved when you said that last episode. You're like, roll them up. <laughs> I was like, yes. So this guy, um, he did not always believe he was Jesus. Okay. He came to believe this in the 90s, early 90s. Okay. So, they call him Viserion. His real name is Sergei Toro. 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 <laughs> it's Russian, Jada, not Spanish. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Um, yeah, he was born in southern Russia, as Alicia said, in 1961. Um, he's 59 now. And he started this cult when he was 29, so 30 hmm. years ago. It's been going for a good while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So in 1989, he was 28 and he was fired from his job as a traffic patrol officer. Um, it was the middle of the fall of like the communist regime, the Soviet Union. Jobs were really unstable. Um, the world was kind of in upheaval, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And over 400 new religious groups formed in the countries that used to be a part of the Soviet Union at this time. So that's really fascinating to me because so often we see that like when there's unrest or there's political unrest or breaking off of something, people just feel this need to find connection and find a religion and find something greater than themselves to I guess make them feel like their lives are worth meaning, like have meaning and are worth something. Shared ritual. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. A year after he was fired um, from being a traffic patrol officer, before which he had been a locksmith at one point and a couple of other things. Okay. Um, He had this sudden revelation, he says, um, on August 18th. And he was suddenly reborn as the reincarnation of Christ, the word of God. And he doesn't believe that Jesus is God. He believes that Jesus is the perfect word of God and that whatever God wants to say, he'll say through him. Or that's what he says he believes anyway. Okay. Wait a minute. So he doesn't believe in the Trinity, right? Well, he's he's got some ideas he believes there's a outer space mind and a god and um that the the outer wait i can't remember if the outer space mind is the spirit one or not anyway he thinks there's a material god and a spirit god and that the material god made us but the spirit god is the one that we worship so are they like bffs like, I don't get it. No, the material <laughs> God had no knowledge of the spirit God. Okay. The spirit God had knowledge of everything. And the, I guess, material beings have been trying to figure out who we worship, and that's what he thinks aliens are. Oh. I kind of like this dude, minus him thinking he's, like, awesome. I know, it's not a bad theory. It's actually kind of, you know. Oh shit, bro! <laughs> what? Yeah, what I mean, he's a little enlightened. He certainly thinks that so. Yeah, um, he's got some ideas, but he also thinks the Virgin Mary is his actual mother, even though his mother is a Russian woman who raised him. Oh, dude! So, <laughs> what does he have like that? That complex where he's like, I'm definitely adopted. I know it. Like nobody, <laughs> my parents told me I'm not, but I fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he does. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Uh, there's this um, Russian article online about, I, mean, I think it's by a Russian Orthodox group because it had a very Christian tint to it. Mm. Um, and it's called call me into the bright distance or the tales of uncle Vissarion, which I think is kind of supposed to be a jab. Not sure, (laughs) (laughs) but they had some conversations with uh, members of the church of the last Testament or their family members. And it was 
interesting. Um, well, former sex members, of course, not current ones. But, yeah. Um, people said they felt very controlled there. They um, were kind of forced out of their interests and just made to work for the good of the whole community, you know? Yeah. But uh, anyway, this article also says that at some point, Sergey became interested in UFOlogy after he lost his job and that this is why he started uh, a religion. Okay. It says that an electrician named Vladimir Plesson first claimed to be a reincarnation of Jesus while Sergey was studying UFOlogy. UFOlogy. Is that how you say that? UFOlogy? UFOlogy? I... Fucking aliens. <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, okay. He's studying aliens, yeah. yeah. Let's say that. Because what the hell? <laughs> oh. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know if it's UFOlogy or UFOlogy or eulogy. I'm just kidding. I know it's not you. <laughs> you googly. <laughs> you googly. <laughs> nope. He believes in fucking aliens. <laughs> yes. So there's an electrician named Vladimir Plesson that's going around saying he's Jesus while Sergei is studying aliens. Mm-hmm. And when they meet, Vladimir has a revelation and gives the honor of being Jesus Christ to Sergei because God told him to. Um, God who lives in space, that is. Okay. So, wait. Wait, wait. So you're telling me that Sergey got gets laid off from his job. He gets interested mm-hmm. in aliens, and mm-hmm. elec- an, an electrician named Vladimir mm-hmm. says, "Who is a, the original reincarnation of Jesus?" Let's not forget. Mm-hmm. Says, mm-hmm. "You know what? I'm going to bestow this honor on you, Sergey. You are mm-hmm. now the reincarnation of Jesus as well, or mm-hmm. instead of me." Yep. Okay. Like, take your medication. <laughs> yeah. Guys. It's important. I I sometimes forget. Okay. You shouldn't do it. Stay on that. Yeah. Stay on your shit. Oh, man. All right. Interesting. <sighs> well, I mean, kind of interesting. There's also one story where um, some other guy, like, after... Sergey had been established for a while. Like, this other guy was like, oh, me too. I'm also Jesus. And Sergey was like, no, brother, no. We can't all be Jesus, okay? (laughs) One person at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So he he decided to share his revelation, and uh, he began preaching in 1991 in Minyasing on August 18th. Exactly a year after he first got his apparent revelation that he was Jesus Christ. So he started preaching all over the place, traveling all over the place, through all of the countries that used to be in the Soviet Union. Uh, He was going to Russia. I mean, he was in Russia, sorry. He was going to different towns in Russia. He went to Lithuania. He started going to um, foreign countries like Italy and whatnot. Um, And he got a lot of followers somehow. Hmm. He said that 
I mean, he attributes it. He's not, you know, stupid. So he attributes it to the, the fall of the Soviet Union. And he says that it had to happen and that it was part of the plan because people had to be spiritually hungry to search for truth and be ready for him and find him. So he gathered up a bunch of converts and he traveled through Russia on their dime, as well as other places. But at first he wasn't like a confident speaker. Like he was uh, persuasive. He had like good parables and stuff, I guess. I don't know. But (laughs) um, he wasn't really confident in his message until he met this former pop star named Vadim Redkin. Now, after he met Vadim, he's, it's like his hype man and his publicist just wrapped up in one. Yeah. And uh, it's been theorized by at least one person that Vadim's intentions weren't pure and that he's, because like he went from being a singer in a pop band to right-hand man of Jesus of Siberia, like what you know? So people think, yeah. what some people think that he was told to go there and like keep an eye on things and move Sergey in a certain way. But I guess we'll never know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so Sergey started the Church of the Last Testament in 1994 in. Siberian region of Russia. I am not going to try to pronounce the name because I'm going to hurt it. (laughs) Uh, About 100 miles away from the Mongolian border. And the settlement ultimately spread to over 20 surrounding towns. He's got 300 people that live in this special city they built called City of Sun at uh, Petropavlovka. There's four thousand followers in the 20 surrounding settlements oh. yeah lots yeah um nice. and he preaches over skype so he's got about six thousand at last count in multiple other countries there's a lot of them in germany um hmm. a lot of people in north america in the interviews that i saw there was someone from new jersey like oh i can't wait till the restriction lifts so i can go there wow <gasps> Yeah, this is like fascinating. First, Skype died like 10 years ago. What the fuck are you doing? Probably not in Russia. (laughs) I know, but still. (laughs) Jesus Christ, (laughs) y'all. I haven't used Skype in years. Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, Actually, I have an interview scheduled for later this month and the girl was like, yeah, so it's going to be over Skype. And I was like, I don't even know my Skype login. I need to figure that out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's been a minute. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) So 4,000 followers in Siberia and then over Mm -hmm. 6,000 world more worldwide. That's a really big following for like one dude. Yeah. Who thinks he's Jesus? That's really fascinating. They claimed it was fifty thousand, but Jesus. yeah, you know it's ten, <laughs> dude. Ten is amazing. All right. Well, I mean, not if you're a cult leader, but <laughs> but <laughs> ten is still pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. So his earliest followers 
kind of came from all over. He was very um, intellectual in the way he presented himself. He got a lot of uh, lawyers, musicians, doctors, teachers, um, an ex-minister of Belarus, Hmm. uh, pilgrims from all over the place, um, and his chief priest, uh, Sergei Chevalkov, was formerly the head of a nuclear missile program in the Soviet Red Army. Oh. And he's also the general director of the joint stop company Tabrat that the church formed by putting its members' money into this uh, Tabrat LTD. Oh, that's not good. Okay. Yep, yep. So 300 of them, very special peoples, live uh, in the city of Sun and their special mountain where they perform their religious ceremonies is like kind of behind the city and Mm -hmm. it's called the Abode of Dawn. And um, there's this big statue there of uh, like one of those crosses that has the circle around it, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, the chief priests, like, do candles and they, you know, chant and do circles around it and stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting word. It's it's pretty. It's kind of pagan, but it's, you know, for a guy who claims to be Jesus, it's kind of pagan. Yeah. But it's very... um, it's, it's a beautiful ceremony. It's like a bunch of people dressed in their Sunday best up on the side of a mountain singing around a statue. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. They enjoy it. <laughs> That's really interesting. So it kind of makes me think of like <clears throat> when people try to, and I think I do this for my own spirituality, but pull things that feel good and feel right mm. to them. Um, one, I don't really think that you can believe your Jesus and in aliens and have a normal service. <laughs> like, I don't think that mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, so I could see him having like a service that's different, but to have like ceremonies that are, uh, pagan in style, I can kind of see that, especially with, if you look at like older religions. Mm-hmm. Where they did worship alien-like creatures. Watch Ancient Aliens if you have any questions about what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> I fucking love Ancient Aliens. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, that's that's really fascinating. Now I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what the the ceremony looks like. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm. Um, they like hold hands and they kind of, you know, the... Um, quest for camelot how they danced in camelot and those rings yes it looked like that okay and they sing and dance and pray and stuff around the statue whilst holding hands interesting and the statue is just a cross yeah with like a little altar and they put candles around it and it's got special cloths on it and things hmm interesting it is it is but um I'd just like to point out that in his very earliest preaching, he said that the first Jesus Christ, I guess, who now resides in him, I'm not sure whether he thought um, 
I don't know. Anyway, he says Jesus is in orbit in space, very close to the earth. What? So I don't know if he's like the higher self Jesus hanging out up there or what, but Jesus is in space, I guess. So there's that. Um, No? Yeah, no, no. No? (laughs) I want to say it's the solid probably not. Like, no. What are you (laughs) doing? (laughs) Also, what is he orbiting? Is he, like, naked in space with his robe? Does he have a suit on? Is he in a ship or on another planet? Like, what does orbit mean? You know? Yeah, or is he just, like, a mystical being that is, like, a floaty ball of light? Oh, God. Like, you know, what does yep. this Jesus look like? We we have questions and we demand answers. <laughs> That's actually, you know what? Nobody has ever asked that in any of the interviews with him. No? What does Jesus look like? <laughs> he would probably say me. <laughs> me. <laughs> but he actually, when he was younger, he really did look like, you know, the standard white guy Jesus. Oh, with the God. long hair and the he wore robes and everything, bro. Dude, he probably like oh my God. Okay, so growing up, I was always told that I looked like uh, Diana Ross's daughter. Uh-huh. I can't think of her name right now. Whatever. But that's like me being like, Oh, she died. I'm her reincarnated. Right. No. Just because right. I was told I looked like her. Like I even had a dentist say that, and I was like, "Dude, like, just clean my mouth. What are you? What are you? Do? <laughs> what are you? Do? Just shut up and do your job." He's like, "You look like that girl from Mixdish," and I was like, "Diana Ross's daughter." He was like, "Yes! Oh my god!" I was like, "That's just hilarious." Thanks. Ish. I've been told that my entire life. Just leave me alone. <laughs> um, but like. It's like he just was like somebody told him when he was little that he looks like Jesus, a mm. white Jesus, most likely. You know, Jesus wasn't white. Y'all, come on, can we just normalize a olive skinned Mediterranean looking Jesus? Can we? Can we? Um, anyway, but yeah, so he probably was told he looks like Jesus and then he like dressed up as Jesus one time and then just didn't stop. Yep. <laughs> And then he had a crisis. He lost his job. He was like, you know what? That alien robe is coming back out. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the robe back in style, baby. Yes. I mean, he got arrested in a, a track suit, so. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jesus wasn't wearing track suits. Okay, Sergey. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... The reason that it's they call themselves the Church of the Last Testament is because Sergei, also known as Vissarion, started writing a new Bible. Nice. I love when they do this. I know. I like who wants to do that? Really? Who really <laughs> wants to spend the time rewriting the Bible or adding to the Bible? I don't. <sighs> I don't. <laughs> I got better shit to do. <laughs> Nobody got time for that. No. Nobody got time for that. So it's going to be 12 parts. 
from what I understand. And right now we're at a solid nine and three essays. I thought you were going to say two. And I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) He's been doing this for 30 years and he's got two chapters done. (laughs) (sighs) So good. As soon as he started gaining converts and amassing a cult following in Russia, he set a new calendar up because that's definitely the move. Yeah. It starts on the day that he was born, January 14th, 1961. That is day one. Ground zero. (laughs) And it is the replacement for New Year's because (laughs) they don't do that. Okay. He also... Wait, you'd think he would make it Christmas. I know, right? Like, it's my birthday. (laughs) We're celebrating it. It's Christmas. (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. Call it the Sarian Day or something. Yeah. um, The Feast of Sergei. That's so funny. Today is a great day to start your very own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message that you want to share with the world, or just think that it would be fun to have your own talk show, then podcasting is for you. It is easy, inexpensive, and a great way to expand your reach online. We recommend Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online, listed in all the major podcast directories within minutes of finishing your recording. Super easy. We absolutely love Buzzsprout and have been, I've been personally using them for over a year now. So the team at Buzzsprout is so passionate about helping you succeed. They are extremely helpful. They are always coming out with new content to help podcasters do amazing things. So if you follow the link in the show notes, it'll let Buzzsprout know that we sent you and it'll get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan. It helps to support our show, but then also gets you the best, which we think Buzzsprout is the best, podcast platform. Definitely go check them out. You can either go to twosisterscult.com slash savings and find Buzzsprout on our list, or you can follow the link in the show notes. All right, back to the episode. Nope, he replaced Christmas with August 18th, the day of his first revelation and his first sermon. Okay. Now, as soon as he started preaching, he predicted that an impending flood disaster would befall the earth. Like Noah and the Ark level flooding or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I think, I don't know if it was supposed to be a local flood or like everybody on earth. (laughs) Um, But Yeah, he said his followers were the only ones who would survive because they were on the promised land. Sounds like Noah level. All right. That's cool. So, some of his rules are that if you are a follower of the Sarian or part of the Church of the Last Testament, also known as, they have too many names, also known as the Church of One Faith because he believes in bringing all of the faiths together. It's like, oh, his it thing is like a mix of, 
Yeah, it's like coexist, but kind of like coexist under me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, because he's yeah. Jesus. Because <laughs> he's Jesus. Oh my God, that's <laughs> so funny. Um, sure, you're, he doesn't let them smoke or drink or curse or eat meat. Um, at first, he wouldn't allow meat products, but he does. For some instances now, like pregnant women can eat fish and kids are allowed to drink milk, which he didn't allow at first. Okay. Uh, because they were having a lot of problems with malnutrition and exhaustion. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> Not so. that you can't have a like kids raised dairy-free or vegan no he wouldn't even let them drink breast milk that's why it was a problem oh no yeah oh no dude yeah that's not good no he was doing so well right you were doing so well and then you just decided like that your views on women's breasts had to infiltrate your religion and then that's an issue (laughs) yep that's where I draw the line. Not the Jesus floating in the sky. Just straight across the board. So the boobs thing is, I mean, it's a huge problem because also babies are involved. But his treatment and ideas about women are pretty problematic anyway. Yeah. So <clears throat> the girls, I mean, the girl children are raised and trained to be good wives. In a 2017 interview with, I think it was BBC, Vissarion said, we're raising no- noble maidens and good future brides. Ooh, uh, yuck. And he also encourages polygamous triangles. But, of course, women don't engage, married women don't engage in this. They are to submit to their husband. But the husband does have to have her permission we can put that in quotes if we like uh, to bring another woman home. Wait a minute. What? Yeah. They're encouraged to share their husbands, but of course, no wife could even think of such a thing. But also, this is encouraged whether you yourself are polygamous or not. That is really interesting. So, I mean, I kind of dig that the men have to have their wife's permission to bring another partner home? Oh, of course, but he didn't do that himself. His wife left him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if Chris was like, hey, babe, I'm Jesus, (laughs) I'd I'd probably leave him too. Um, That wasn't even the line. The line was him getting a younger wife. Oh. That's... I mean, I'm not really into polygamy. You know, Sergey, you can't just make rules up and then not follow them, bro. No, he does that a lot. It's a problem. (sighs) But I feel like a lot of cult leaders do. It's always an issue. True. True, true. Assholes. Um, As we know, they are a current church because he was just arrested on September 21st. Yeah. They are contemporary with us right now in 2020 but even though they did close the uh the city of sun to outsiders and pilgrims uh because of obviously travel restrictions and quarantine recommendations and the shelter in place order um Mm -hmm. 
his right-hand man, Vadim, says that the coronavirus pandemic has not changed their lives at all and that they still do their hand-holding thing. And I, there was a quote that said, our, our religion requires prolonged personal contact. Ew, what? Yeah, I don't know what that means either. Might have to do with the polygamy because they shouldn't be going house to house like that. Yeah. Kiss with a mask on, you know what I'm saying? I mean, okay, so I've got some thoughts. When swine flu was going around, we were still at the camp. Mm -hmm. And... Do you remember if they put restrictions on anyone traveling, like going to visit their families during that time? I don't remember. I don't remember either. But I feel like if they did, and we live, I mean, we lived in a commune. And so these people live in a commune, Mm -hmm. like an area. And so the idea of if you don't have any outsiders to come in and you don't have anyone going out, you're not going to contract anything. Unless it's already inside right, of the group. So I don't really see anything wrong with the hand-holding. If you're not interacting with anyone else outside of this group. If no one in the group is interacting with anyone outside. But if you are going to the market and you are visiting your family or you're traveling abroad, whatever, then I call bullshit. Well, they don't go to market because they grow their own food and they're not allowed to exchange money. Hmm. I mean, they may like trade with local farmers. That's a definite maybe. And then what you said would be accurate. Um, Hmm. As far as I know, yeah, they don't spend money at all. Fascinating. Funny how they are supposed to sell everything they have and put it into the land and the church but they are not allowed to have it after that. Yeah. Hmm. But there are parts of the last Testament online. Um, that it's also called Viserion's word, like God's word. <laughs> um, so far there are nine completed standalone parts. Um, and I'm going to go through them a little bit in order from newest to oldest and just talk about what they are uh, okay. trying to get at. So the latest one published October, uh, no, written between October and December and published in December 2010 is four parts, which are called the characteristics of power, characteristics characteristics of sectarianism, patriotism, and showing resentment. So first one is characteristics of power, which he pretty much just talks about how, um, let me read a quote. He says, modern so-called civilized society at its core is clearly divided into religious and secular parts. And basically that those two parts are constantly fighting for power as well as people on an individual level. Um, and that the opposite of power is creativity because people who are genuinely innovative, um, should be in positions of power and they don't seek it so not a bad idea yeah um it's a little convoluted and he does tend to talk and talk and talk but it's not it's uh it's solid reading it's interesting for sure okay you know 
very uh, intellectual and he's very eloquent. Um, patriotism is, got a quote from that too. He says, the existence of societies on earth that still continue to extremely actively assert their own exceptional significance and power is the main indicator that all these societies are moving in false directions. So he likes the idea of uh, one people kind of situation. He does not believe in patriotism. Okay. The characteristics of sectarianism. I felt like this one was really interesting. Um, he points out how the different religions uh, have different understandings of the same core principles. And then he goes into detail about like even specifically Christians, how there's so many different groups and sects of Christians, um, but there's no one church. So a quote from that says, the Christians are a great multitude on the earth, but a united Christian church, which is supposed to lead the believers to the word of God, does not exist. All hmm. Christians read and honor the same words found in the Gospels while divided themselves into opposing parties, not due to the different interpretations of what they read, but exactly for the reason that they began to institute their own fantasies about what they read as some holy canon, which all the people on the earth must abide by. Dude. Pretty much that people can exist with different opinions, but trying to shove your opinions onto other people is the problem here. I mean, yes, <laughs> I agree 100%. Yeah. He also says that the definition of sect in its essence has to designate a new and non-traditional idea and view mm. because it's somebody breaking off from the traditional way of doing things. And if everything new emerging, he says, is marked as negative with one such essentially neutral definition, everybody considers a sect to be a cult or a bad thing. Mm-hmm then the possibility to consider the salvation will be reduced to a dangerous minimum for the great majority. Hmm. Interesting, right? Yeah, that's really, that's really interesting. Like he's not, he's not uh, like, you know, when you hear somebody say, I, I'm Jesus reincarnated, you expect to think somebody please put him on something and help him. Yeah. But he's very concise and eloquent and he's not just like repeating parables he's saying he's to be fair he's saying some basic moral stuff but he is going about it in a very educated way people think that cult leaders are always these (sighs) power hungry narcissistic unintelligent people who just like shoot off the mouth exactly like people always have this idea of like that's who it is like but if you look at most cult leaders a lot of the things that they're saying ring true in some sense like there's something true about what they're saying but in the Mm -hmm. same sense they're twisting it to their own you know understanding or agenda or whatever And people who are already like, oh, yeah, that makes sense, are drawn to that because they're like, oh, that's a new way of thinking about it. I kind of like that. When really it's just basic shit. 
Right. Sped by somebody in a new way. Yeah. Nothing new under the sun, y'all. Yep. That's interesting, though. Yeah. The uh, the next book from Viserion's Word, or The Last Testament, is called Last Hope, Address to the Present Humankind. And this one is pretty much just about his theories about the origin of humanity, the outer space mind that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and, like, giving spiritual advice, kind of like Jesus did. Like, he, he does talk in a very... Like, he studied the crap out of the Bible to prepare for this role, you know? Hmm. Yeah. It's like reading Shakespeare for a year, only Shakespeare, and not talking to anybody all year long. And then you just go out into the world and start role-playing. Yeah. That's what I think anyway, because he's he does, like, the, the cadence and the, even with the translation, like, these are all Russian to English translations. Mm-hmm. And it's still very biblical sounding. He's good, mm. really good. The he's got a book called "The Time of Turn." I don't know why it's called that, but it's just a bunch of like spiritual rhetoric and some theology, very bible-y. And mm-hmm. he's got one called "The New Prayer," which is what they say uh, instead of like the Our Father. And they do one in the morning and one in the evening, and the main chunk of the prayer is the same but the end of it changes for what time of day it is and uh he he gives like an encouragement in this one to say your prayers in secret kind of like jesus did like don't pray in front of people for attention go into your prayer closet Uh so his next book is (laughs) this one's fun (laughs) it is called directions um, or the commandments. Oh, Jesus. And it is a set of 61 new commandments, which I've read, and they're pretty much ideals of basic morality, some conservative law. And by conservative, I mean like natural love arises between a man and a woman. And there are some proverbs in there, uh, like don't steal, uh, help people if it's in your power to do so. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're bad. Um, but there is one verse that I liked, and I, I'm not sure exactly what he's trying to say. I think I do understand, but also I think I don't. Okay. So tell me what you think. He says, do not blame a person who has left life of his own will. For if a man does not develop spiritually, then the devil can easily lead him to such an end. Man does this without strength to oppose this temptation he who has fallen and exhausted is not a sinner the sinner is the one who walked beside him and never extended his hand at a time Ooh. Mm. Mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. but he also thinks that sickness is your own fault because you're not right in the vibe spirit. enough you're right not, you're right. not high vibe enough <laughs> exactly so how can he say that he who has fallen exhausted is not a sinner. The sinner is the one who doesn't help him. Don't blame a person who has left life of his own will. But right. like, you're going to blame somebody for being sick. Yeah, that feels a little, a little mixed messages there. Yeah. Out of context, like taking just this verse out of his other stuff, mm-hmm. I think it's legit. I think yeah, that no, like you should first a lot. I like it. I don't think you should blame a person who commits suicide. Definitely um, 
And I think there's a lot of shame too that goes with someone who's walked beside someone who ends up committing suicide. Mm. Um, and like grief and shame that kind of rises up with that. Like, did I do enough? I know I asked them if they're okay. Could I have done more? So I don't, I think he's laying a little more guilt on these people than they actually mm-hmm. need to have. Really fair. That's a really good point. You know, so, yeah. but he also said never extended his hand at a time. So if you ask them if they're okay, or if you try to help them in every way you can, then that doesn't make you a sinner, but he kind of implied, I don't know. Um, yeah. But I do agree that like Christianity likes to place a lot of blame on um, people who commit suicide mm-hmm. because and that's they're probably where he's trying to aim that. Right. And he could just yeah. be like shots fired. Go ahead. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let me say something that's not super controversial, but also controversial enough to make me stand out. So yeah. it's super strategic on his end. True. Yeah. Um, he's got a book called Book of Addresses or the Book of Appeal. And it's 22 chapters of it's like a mix between Psalms and Jeremiah's prophecies. It's like it's just very woe to the world. Oh, Behold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's very it's eloquent though. It's very scriptural and it's feeling. Uh, so if you're interested, you can go ahead and read that. <laughs> Um, the next one is called preface to the last testament now this one is different he says the period of acquaintance with the contemporary society as the former event in the land of israel he's talking about jesus um so at the present in the land of russia the period of acquaintance with the contemporary society should last for 29 years so that flesh could reach the necessary maturity. So he believes that he was um, chosen to become Jesus, just like Jesus was chosen to become Jesus, because his ministry lasted for three years, mm-hmm. 30 to 33, remember? And so he was 29, when he was, I don't know, anointed, I guess, right? That's what happened. Yes, he went out into the desert and he got anointed. Yeah. But regardless, uh, that's what this guy is saying, that 29 years is the holy number at which Jesuses are chosen, I think. So he says, however, until this age, the messenger of the Heavenly Father must not know much about himself, being himself, so that the acquaintance with the surrounding life was not complicated That is the reason why a mysterious veil must cover the eyes from the moment of his birth to the time of awakening, which is essentially important also to avoid the destructive contrast between the world he comes from and the world he goes down to, he whose name is the word of God. Okay. Mic drop. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm just listening to you talk about Jesus and it's annoying. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's fair. He's very method. Very. The next book is called The Pre-Announcement, and that's an older one, which is just like, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God. On you. Yeah, the flood is coming. Go to the lee side of the tree, or the rock, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And the last one that we're going to talk about is called Personal Advocate. 
addresses, personal addresses. <laughs> um, it is four parts, and it is to four prominent public figures. Jesus Christ. Yep, yep. The first one is to Talgat Tajudin, the Sheikh al-Islam, uh, Supreme Mufti of Russia, Chairman of the Central Spiritual Government of the Muslims in Russia. And that is the full address that he includes in his personal letter to him. Okay. <laughs> uh, the second one is to Vladimir Putin, President of mm -hmm. Russia. The third one is to the Patriarch of the Russian Orthodox Church. And in his face, to all archbishops of the Orthodox Churches on Mother Earth. And the fourth one is to Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, an Indian guru and founder of the Art of Living Foundation. And uh, Shankar, he was actually like close friends with and went on hmm. some trips to hang out with him. Hey, bestie. <laughs> right. Interesting, isn't it? <sighs> A Siberian Jesus and an Indian guru. Best buddies. Yeah, mm. that is interesting. That's where it's coexist under me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Coexist right now. Under, under me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Just to recap, most of his scriptures are parables, little stories about, you know, not building your house on a unsteady foundation because it's stupid. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Um, some of them are some semi-wise comments about the human condition. Um, a, mo most of it is kind of this roundabout hey, I'm so smart, look at this very simple thing I'm saying in a story that we see in the New Testament. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it is uh, also just like get back in touch with nature, be kind to each other, be generous with what you have, etc. Basic, basic kindness shit. Yeah. Um, some problematic stuff, though. Like we talked about how he believes sickness comes from inside. Mm -hmm. um, not only that, he has an actual disdain for modern medicine, and he's very proud of how many doctors he's converted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay. I feel like one day we're gonna have to have like a full conversation about this, and maybe, maybe next year when we have the psychologist on, we oh. can talk about this. But the fact that extremely intelligent people get pulled into cults harvard graduates professors doctors lawyers people who are learned learned however you say it <laughs> people who according to the standards of general society are educated well respected and yet they get pulled into cults so easily i want to know why that's a great question. I wonder if it's, um, I don't know, feeling understood by somebody who can speak your language. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it, it's uh, Maybe it's just childhood trauma. Yeah, I could definitely see that being the case, for sure. I think, I think it also has a lot to do with educated people being very much against organized religion and seeing mm -hmm. the flaws in it. 
And so they're attracted to these fringe ideas. Right. Because it reminds them of that thing. It, it gives them that thing that might have been good about whatever religion they grew up in, but it's also different. brand new. Yes. Presented differently. A little risky. Hmm. Very yeah. rebellious. Yeah. Yes, yes. We all like to be a little rebellious. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, so, yeah, he hates medicine. He says in the 37th verse of his Book of Commandments, uh, get to know yourself and your capabilities in order to be able to eliminate violations. From now on, the flesh must heal itself. Disease, in most cases, it is a punishment for the inability to keep one's flesh in harmony with nature. I don't like that. It's a punishment for the inability to keep your flesh in harmony with nature. Also, fuck you. Um mm. Then he continues, and it is unreasonable in this case to seek outside help. Unreasonable. Strive to enter into the harmony of her manifestations and manifestations of your flesh. This will keep you from various ailments and give you great opportunities. Uh, They think, you know, obviously medicinal plants and herbs are acceptable. um, Mm -hmm. But they also think that drinking your own urine is a nice form of therapy. What? Yep. What? Oh, God. Uh, like unpurified? Yeah. I, I don't think it's water. They call it urine therapy. Oh, God. Sergey. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. is happening? Like, you've got some great ideas going, and then you just fuck it up. <laughs> but people do it. I would not. Drink my own pee if somebody told me. No. They would have to make me, like literally waterboard me and make me. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to urine board me. (laughs) You're going to have to pee on me to get pee into my face. (laughs) 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 I couldn't. That's terrible. So some other really sketchy shit is that they don't bring mothers who are giving birth to the hospital. Um, they, I mean, home births are fine, but yeah. it is also, it should be an option. Like home birth is the only option because they don't believe in medicine. <sighs> so they give home at, I mean, they give home, they give birth at home. Um, in water, mm-hmm. um, not, not, you know, sterilized or anything, just good old water. And, um, sometimes it's in a, just a good old regular barrel. Oh. And if you are severely sick, then they'll pray for you. <laughs> uh, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like anytime someone's like, I'll pray for you. I'm just like, I don't. <laughs> if it's to the old gods, sure. Right. <laughs> no new gods in here. <laughs> and I don't mean Christian old gods. I mean like OG old gods. Are you saying you'll burn me a cattle to ISIS? I think not. I mean, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> no, no, no cattle were harmed in the making of this podcast. <laughs> not a one. Not, not a one. one. I, didn't, I wouldn't even know where to find a cattle near me. In the Highlands. <laughs> I was just about me. to get. 
I'd have to um, like sacrifice tobacco leaves or something. Yeah, you're supposed to bring those. Um, you're supposed to bring a gift as a, to a witch when you visit of like yeah. tobacco or secrets or something. There's a lot of tobacco uh, farms near me. So many. Oh my God. Do it, do it, do it. Okay, so where were we? Uh, You're in therapy. Mom's giving birth. You're in therapy. Oh, God. All right. Well, in 1995, a kid died from pneumonia um, at the Church of the Last Testament. And that same year, a local police colonel testified that, according to the testimony from the doctors of the district hospital, in that territory, there were several deaths from exhaustion of fanatical followers of the sect. Children wow. in the sect are not provided with medical care and vaccinations are not giving. The founder of the sect, Sergei Torop, confirmed the facts of at least one sectarian suicide. What's that mean? Uh, a member of the sect. Oh. I mean, suicide happens. Yeah. But... That's and I feel like that's something that can't always be avoided, right? But a child, and then I gotta think okay, 1995, a child with pneumonia that's pretty rough. Even last year, when my son got pneumonia, mm-hmm. it was pretty rough, and he was in the hospital for, for a few days. Um, and it was really scary for a while there. So, mm-hmm. if they don't believe in modern medicine, they don't take their kid to the hospital, they have this bad cough, it ends up developing to pneumonia, and the child dies. I kind of can see how that would lead to that but people dying from exhaustion that is just insane well they overworked and overcrowded them when they first moved there because they were i mean they were just starting up it's kind of like the beginning of jonestown yeah remember how everything was really it was too much too overwhelming for so many of them yeah it was very similar situation here Mm, okay but they didn't leave. They had put all of their money into it. Like they, they had sold all of their possessions to. You don't have anywhere to go at that point. Second Nature is a premium service solving a very unpremium problem: regular air filter replacement. Even that sentence alone sounds a little dull, but trust us, it's a problem worth solving. Most people don't recognize they're supposed to change their filters every couple of months. And the ones that do barely have time to remember it. That's where Second Nature comes in. I recently subscribed to Second Nature when we bought our house. And I could not believe the amazing quality and options that are available for air filters for your home. I love the easy set it and forget it. I get a monthly filter because my son and I have really bad allergies. Second Nature made it so easy. And using our promo, you can get a month for free. We definitely recommend that you try it out and stick with them. We've been with them for almost two years now and we absolutely love them. You can go to twosisterscult.com slash second nature. With a Second Nature subscription, you'll never forget your filters again. Yeah. So when the Last Testament is finished, it's going to contain some of his interviews um, with both the questions that he was asked by the journalists and other outsiders and the answers that he gave them. Mm -hmm. And there's a link called Other Materials on the website 
and it's got three works under it right now. One of them is Vissarion being all like poetic about the state of creativity and modern art. And he's, it was just like a little seminar with a bunch of artists and it's from 2004, but it's uh, included in the last Testament. And another one is just like him being like, mankind will definitely be saved. Yes, yes, you will. You definitely will. And the last one is a series of essays by his followers. Um, they call themselves disciples rather than uh, being by Viserion, like the entire <laughs> rest of the book is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he rarely spends time with his followers. His people, what? he lives at the top of the mountain uh, in a house that they built for him. Oh, um, it's got heated towels and he has a room where he paints and he's got a flat screen TV and Wi-Fi and shit. Uh, he comes down the mountain on a snowmobile <laughs> and he sits under a red umbrella when he's preaching. It's like a big, big red umbrella. He like sounds extra as fuck. He is, kind of. Um, <laughs> some of the houses in the City of Sun do have, like, Wi-Fi and heating and solar panels so that they can be self-sufficient. Um, but he definitely has a lot more perks than they do. Of course, he's the leader. Yeah. Um, his priests interact with the people a lot more frequently, so... Like whenever he does finally speak, he just he has to all he has to do is walk up to the mic and be like, "Today is a good day," and walk away, and everybody will be like, "Oh my god, did you hear him?" <laughs> <laughs> nice. Many of the people uh, in the communities around the city of Sun. Remember, there are twenty settlements. Um, they've even admitted to journalists that they're there for the lifestyle. They like the living off the land, supporting your community type situation. They consider the religious aspect to be a fair trade for living in a way they find ideal because they do have to pretend they believe he's Jesus. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of followers. So he's got a city of 300 special peeps, you know? Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of believers, but there's also a lot of non-believers who are just, you know, crunchy vegans. Yeah. And that's okay. Hmm. Uh, he uh he's traveled the globe. He's always trying to convert people. We talked about how he preaches over Skype. Um he's yeah. been on trips to New York, to the Netherlands, to France, to Germany, to Italy. And as his uh traveling repertoire grew, a lot of critics started wondering where the fuck he's getting the money from. Yeah. Um, and it's not a hundred percent clear. Oh. I mean, followers, obviously, but like, where is he investing the money? Right. So, um, there is a woman named Maria, Maria Karpinskaya, and she was one of the first settlers of the city of Sun. Okay. Um, she's a former journalist. I don't know if she went back to doing that. Uh, she she was there for three years and then she left. Okay, <clears throat> she was a major contributor for funding for his first trip out of Russia in 1994. Um, like many others, she 
sold all of her belongings to move close to Vissarion after hearing him preach. She funded his first international trip by herself, um, not just traveling expenses, but she also spent $40 a day to feed him, which, I mean, okay, so 1994, the community members were allowed $15 a month for food. Wow. And she was spending $40 a day on him. Wow. Yeah, she left eventually, which shook the community, um, but she sent them an open letter concerning the time that she had spent in their city of sun in Petroplavloka. Yeah. She says things that were later earned in the labors of the righteous, in which so much human mind and strength were invested, were barbarously destroyed and taken away without the permission of the owners. If I decided to compile this list of people only in my own home, it would turn out to be very solid. It was not only me. Ask yourself, where did you get such courage and such blasphemy to take advantage of the meekness and defenselessness of these people and take valuables from the altar of the Lord and waste them and eat them up as if they were yours? I came here three years ago, not to take, but to give. And today I ask myself the question, to whom and how much have I given? Yeah. Wow. Former members have been quoted as saying that depression, hunger, um, exhaustion, and dissatisfaction were rampant in the early days of the settlement. But these complaints kind of broke through to Vissarion, and he, that was when he lightened up on the rules about nutrition. Um, but it says that they are still overworked. Community members were forced to do up to 12 hours a day of labor. Um, underpaid, obviously, and they were living in overcrowded barracks, like, on top of each other. Um, but the recruiters stayed in nice apartments in the cities uh, while they were recruiting people and encouraging them to sell their possessions, give the money to the church, and move into the community. Yeah. So a lot of members um, can't get back value valuables and heirlooms that they gave to Vistarian or his family. Like one woman gave her grandmother's ring to his first wife who just uh. took it and said, thank you. And then she left and now her grandmother's ring is God knows where Jeez. people sold everything. And they would, I saw something that said they would be welcomed and fed for three days. And then it would be like, so where's the money? Oh, geez. <laughs> Like, you get three days, that's it. Yeah. Um, so his family consists of his ex-wife, who we talked about. Um, there are conflicting reports about whether she left him or if he left her. Mm-hmm. Regardless, they split up, and she's the mother of his three oldest children. Um, at some point, either during or after his marriage ended, he married a 19-year-old who apparently lived with him since she was seven and modeled. Oh, no. He has three children by her as well, and it's unclear what year they got married. Yeah. But all of the kids are underage because when he was arrested, he was like, why have you done this? I have three small children. Now nobody will provide for them. (sighs) But anyway. Okay. So I'm looking at your notes. His current wife 
who'd been reported lived with him since she was seven and modeled for his paintings. Yeah. Unclear how old she was when that was happening. Yeah. What? Yeah. I am so disturbed. Dude, like, Sergey, you were weird and you had some weird ideas, but I dug it. Like, I was here for it. Jesus ball in the in the atmosphere, you know, whatever. But why do you have to do that? I feel sick. I can't. Guys, I don't know how many times we have to say this. Stay away from underage children, please. Stay away. Stay away from children that are not yours. That is it. That is all. Just stay the fuck away. I can't. I can't even handle this anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, Sergei Torup, also known as Vissarian, is now 59 years old and was arrested on September 21st, along with Vadim Redkin, former pop star and his right-hand man. And his other right hand, sorry, left hand, uh, <laughs> Vladimir Vodernikov, who is head of the school where the children in the church study. Okay. They are homeschooled, yes. I don't know to what degree or how good of an education, but Vladimir Vodernikov was also arrested, so chances are not that great. Yeah. The Russian Orthodox Church has been keeping a very mistrustful eye on Vissarian and his Viserionsi, which they're mm-hmm. known as, since the start of the cult um, in the early 90s, but the federal and local authorities have pretty much left them alone. Um, there was a search in February 2020, and they were looking for evidence of corruption and sexual assault, apparently. Okay. But it is unclear what information they had, um, why now, etc. But Russian authorities have been more severe with non-Orthodox religions lately, uh, according to the Moscow Times. Hmm. Um, they said about 300 Jehovah's Witnesses were arrested and or charged with a crime since they've been added to the list of extremist groups, extremist groups in Russia, and the Church of the Last Testament is also on that list, so hmm. maybe they're just cracking down. Um, the things that he's been arrested for are psychological violence, extortion, and causing serious harm to two or more persons. And running an illegal religious organization. Yeah, that's the thing about like cults in Russia or China or places where there's um, like a communist kind of rule as well as a set religion for the country. Mm -hmm. You're going to get cracked on harder for creating a cult, whereas in America... And countries like America, it's more of a free-for-all since people can do whatever the fuck they want, religious-wise. Yep, if you're good enough at it, your cult can go untouched for years. Yeah, I mean, look at... Unfortunate. Scientology. Yeah. You know, they make millions of dollars. 
millions, maybe billions every year. Uh, It suggested a couple of times by like Russian papers that I was translating on Chrome. Mm -hmm. Um, they, They suggested that the arrests are because there was a local business dispute. Ooh, what kind of business dispute? I don't know. Maybe some local farmers who don't like how they're farming. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a farmer's war. Done, done, done. Make it way more dramatic than it actually is. <laughs> um, the court ruled that all three suspects, Sergei, Vadim, and Vladimir, will be held until November 22nd. So for exactly two months in pre-trial detention um, and their attorney, Ivan Koroshev, said he plans to plead not guilty for all three of them Um, regarding the charge of causing harm to two or more people. The Syrians said, I have seen one of them and I saw another one 15 years ago. In the past three years, three of these people have been constantly creating some difficulties and lodging their complaints. He also Ooh. says they're mentally ill. Interesting. Um, the three of them face up to 12 years if they are convicted. So wow. We shall see. Okay. Wow. That is, that is fascinating that for psychological violence, extortion, and causing someone serious harm, you get more than you do for manslaughter in the state of New York. Mm-hmm. I just want to put that up. My dad manslaughtered somebody. I don't think that's the right way to phrase that. He killed someone, got manslaughter. Murdered. Got seven, seven years. He did homicide. Yes. Wow. But yeah, that was good. Very good. Very, very good. Interesting, right? Yeah. I'm excited to see where the trial leads. I think mm. this will be fun to see what comes out about there practices because there's i mean there's enough to be like yeah that's a cult but i feel like cults tend to have more secrets than people know what to do with yeah and they usually don't come out till later mm-hmm. so this is my nosy bitch bookmark let's revisit this one were you in a cult do you have a favorite cult is there a cult you want us to cover do you want to just tell us a creepy mystical crazy experience you had Go ahead and send us your stories at two sisters at nope, 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 not that. Two sisters cult at gmail.com. <laughs> and we have a Patreon. Our weekly show will always be free, but if you would like to donate to our Patreon, it helps to support the show and offset the cost of making the show. So go to two sisters cult.com, click on Patreon on the top menu. Get some exclusive perks like shout out on the show, access to our top secret Facebook community. And if you join at the $10 level, you'll get a two sisters and a cult sticker, uh, as well as exclusive monthly bonus full length episodes that will not be available on the podcast. And those will start going live in January. And you'll feel so special when you get to listen to them. (laughs) So special. We have some pretty sweet merch available in our shop. There's decals, stickers, t-shirts, other fun stuff. Go to twosisterscult.com and click shop in the menu. And the best way for you to help us out on the show is to like, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to tell a friend who you think would like us. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Two Sisters Cult. Come hang out with us. Catch you on the flip side.
and don't join this cult. Don't no. join it. No. I mean, you can be vegan in your own house, okay? <laughs>